Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Won't you date me a podcast where me, Nicole Byer, tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though you could come in my hot chocolate and tell me it's loose marshmallows. My guest. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love that. There you go. Ooh, I get a ding. Yeah, you get a ding. (laughs) That ding was dung by my guest today, who is a two-time Emmy Award-winning writer and hilarious stand-up comedian. She is the author of the free speech book, Yes, I Can Say That. When they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. You can see her perform at Netflix as a joke festival in Los Angeles, California on May 6th and 7th. Ooh, baby, I'm talking about the very funny Judy Go. <laughs> Judy, how are you? How are you? Nicole, I'm having a shitty day. I'm having what a shitty happened? day. I'm going to just tell you. Like, so, you know, I'm coming out there for this Netflix festival, um, which is my first performance is tonight, May 6th. Okay. At the Elysian Theater. Ooh, um, Elysian. Elysian. And then. Uh, tomorrow night I'm taping the special, the standout special for the lezzies and the gays and the bi's <laughs> and the trans uh-huh. and the bay and the bi. And uh, so that's tomorrow night at the Greek. And I'm just stressed out. And I, and I, you ever have those days where you're just like, oh my God, I can't do one more thing today. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, then you go through, you know, a month of, oh my God, I have nothing to do. It's like mm-hmm. the work, like, and it, 
it's so it's either feast or famine. Uh-huh. And I've been doing this since I'm 19 years old. Like, I get it. I know that it like it goes, you know, you're in a bad place. It's good. You're going to come out of the bad place. You're not busy. You're going to be busy. You're, mm-hmm. You know, and it, I always come through, but I still have that anxiety. And so that's yeah, that's what you're going through. Are you from New York? Well, I grew up in New Jersey. Ah, that was going to be my second question. Because when you said I've been doing this since I'm 19, like, or no, how did you, how did you phrase yeah. it? 19. Yeah, I think since so. I'm 19. Since I'm, I don't know. You phrased it in a way that I was like, oh, she's East Coast. Because oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. my friend, my friend, Nick, he, he says that all the time. And we're from Jersey. And uh, I was like, maybe are you from, from Jersey? Maybe from Jersey. I am from where, where, where? beautiful New Jersey, central Jersey, if you will. Yes. Um, Middletown in Monmouth County. Yes. I know Middletown. I was born in Newark. We gr- lived in Elizabeth. And I am ashamed to say (laughs) that when I was five and a half, my parents moved to Clark, New Jersey, the most racist town in New Jersey. And it was, yeah, we had like swastikas on our house. They were crazy. Yes. That's fucked up. Really fucked up. And they they had like a KKK. It was like, and it was so low rent KKK, you know, like they're burning these like stupid crosses in the schoolyard and everything. And it's like, and there was, yeah, it was really, I don't know. And then I went to Rutgers mm-hmm. and, and I started doing stand up as a college student when I was a sophomore. And then I moved to New York immediately and I've been in New York since 1984. But yeah. 1984? Your apartment's probably so cheap. Well, I've been in this apartment since 1989. <gasps> yes. 1989. I brought up two kids in this fucking apartment that I thought I'd be out of. I thought I'd be out of this apartment by now. No, keep it. You have to keep it. You probably pay for it in Skittles. He yeah. wishes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but you're, you're in LA, right? I do. I live in LA and... I am learning lots about animals like coyotes and shit. Yeah, yeah. And yesterday, a possum was in my backyard and I was like, oh, a possum. But then we Googled it and possums are good for the ecosystem. And then yesterday I was leaving and the possum passed away. <gasps> what I, happened? I don't know who got to him, but he looked like they, he got scared before. I don't want to misgen. I don't. They got you know scared. Yeah, don't misgender the possum, please. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know their life. I right. Don't know. I don't know how, who they fucked and how and who they yeah. loved. But he or they, the possum, <laughs> the possum had his or had their hands kind of. Looking like they were, they were out. I think that's that's how they that with the rigor mortis sets in. Maybe, but then I had somebody come pick the possum up. There was no possum. I googled possums will play dead for up to four hours. No fucking way. They sure fucking do. And I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, it wasn't bloated or anything. There Wait, was no why blood. was it playing dead, you think? I think the possum heard me coming to get to my car and said, that big bitch might try to eat me. I don't know. I don't know what kind of predator this big bitch is. That is, is fucking... I want to play dead for four hours. <laughs> I want to see how great would it be to play dead for four hours and see who your real friends are. Yeah. Who's going to help yeah, you? Yeah, which comic is going to call and say, uh, was Judy booked anywhere? Did they need a replacement? Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> That's so funny. If you stop showing up to places and your friends are just like, hey, yo, can I have that uh, spot? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, since the spot's open, can I yeah. uh, slide right into there? Yeah, I wouldn't put it past <laughs> some of them. But, you know, there's a thing about possums, like, they're opossums, right? That's the full name, opossum. Oh, is I it? think, I don't know. But their tails... Uh-huh. freak me the fuck out because yeah, they like look rat like tails. rats yeah yes and i hate rats like i fucking mm-hmm. hate rats like even you know like when people are protesting and they have yes. that big rat oh, yeah, blown yeah, up yeah, rat. Yeah, but- like that even freaks me out like the teeth really? like yes i don't know like i hate it and i live in new york they're on the subway tracks all the time yeah. like eating pizza and talking to each <laughs> other and i'm like ew get the fuck away from me it's awful I just think about Gus from Cinderella. He was so cute. He had a little belly, his little shirt didn't fit. He got his shoes on. I think all rats are Gus. And I'm like, oh, they're just waiting to make someone a dress. And that's how I choose to go through life. Okay. Well, I hate mice. (laughs) I hate, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm a little wussy. It's fair. I mean, in New York, there's a lot of rats, there's a lot of mice. There's a mouse who lived in my oven for a year. Yeah, we would just be sitting watching TV and you hear, and you'd be like, oh my God, the, the mouse, the mouse is doing something. Did you ever want to put the oven on? Well, he would leave. There was a hole somewhere oh, where right. he would come in and so out. It so it would get hot and he's it like, would get a little too toasty. He'd be like, I don't like this sauna. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then he figured out we were friendly and would come out and watch TV with us. I would no be way. watching TV. I would look down. The little mouse would just be like, oh. And scurry away kind of slowly. And then we... What color? He was gray. And he didn't like cheese. He didn't like... He didn't like peanut butter. He didn't like anything we put in the traps. Because we weren't going to do the glue traps. Those are like awful. No, no, you can't. Ugh, they're so awful. Right. But we we finally got something he liked, which was blueberries. What? This rat with... This, this mouse This mouse. So you had a vegan mouse? <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> Wait, and you got those humane traps where <laughs> we they get- tried the humane traps. Um, and then my other roommate, he finally got a glue trap and we caught him by the leg. So we like he picked him up. He put him in a bag and then he cut around his foot. <laughs> so then that rat went out into the world with a little piece with of the glue shoe trap on. on his yeah. foot. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah, with one shoe on. Yeah. The other mice were like, holy shit, where'd you get that from? Filene's basement? I know. Where are you shopping, (laughs) Mickey? (laughs) Judy, can I ask you a question? Yes, please. Okay. What is it like to be in a relationship with a therapist? Okay, so fucking annoying. First of all, (laughs) so here's the deal. Like, in the beginning, everyone, well, everyone still says, people who don't know us are like, Oh, therapist, comedian. Oh my God, what a good combination. And it's like, you know, there's no one more self-aware than a comedian, right? Mm -hmm. And we notice everything about other people and ourselves. And, you know, I already know why I hate myself. I don't need her (laughs) validating it all the time. So the one thing I can say is really annoying is that nothing... You know how like you're talking to someone and you want just want to say something and want them to go, oh yeah, or mm-hmm. or wow, or wow. Yes. There's never one word. It's all a litany of fucking questions. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, that's I'm just trying to tell you something. Like I'm just trying to tell you something. Like we don't have to delve into it. We don't have to analyze it. I just want to say this happened 
end of fucking story. So <laughs> that's, that's the, and it's just like question after question. And like, she's so not in show business. So like I've taught her, you know, like when you, you go, uh, when you're, when you book something, right. Mm-hmm. And then you get your, you're like, oh, we're booking you for these days, like a TV thing or a film thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a week later, they're like, oh, someone got COVID. We can't do it. But you know how yes. your schedule changes All on a daily basis, like because of other people. And you can never like if you ever are don't have any work and you want to get work, plan a vacation. OK, mm-hmm. yep. so she's still. Like, I'll say, oh, I'm booked for this day. Oh, what time are you going to get out? I don't know. (laughs) How long can they keep you there? Forever. Forever. You know? Forever and ever and ever. And they don't have to give me back. This is my favorite. How can they do that? How can they just change your dates? I'm like, oh, my God. Please. (laughs) I mean, that is a very funny thing that people in this industry do not understand. That it's like... Like I was telling my schedule to somebody and they were like, oh, you have this today, don't you? And I was like, no, that got canceled. Right. And he was like, well, why didn't you tell me? And I was like, oh, because my I things get put and taken out of my calendar and I go to them when I see them. Right. And then if they're not there, I go, oh, I have free time. Right. I, it, that's just how life is for me. Right. And don't you always like I also do this. Like if I get on hold for something or something. Mm -hmm. I don't say anything. I don't say anything. I've learned not to say anything until it's a definite, which it never really is. Until like the day before. And they're like, getting on a plane. You're flying to Mexico. You're shooting for eight weeks. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so, okay. I would love for that to happen (laughs) that I'm going to Mexico for eight, but you know, speaking it into existence for both of us, I would like it too. Uh, uh, together. Let's shoot together. Two New Jersey girls in Mexico for eight weeks. I love it. So, yeah. So that's that whole thing. Like I've said, don't ask me this. Don't ever ask me if I'm headlining. That's the other thing. (laughs) I've been doing this like almost 40 years. I am the headliner. Okay. (laughs) But yeah. So it's like when it happens over and over again. But plus, no, nothing is benign. Like everything has a hidden meaning or, well, maybe, you know, it's like, I don't want to analyze that. I'm just, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? She'll go into another direction. And I'm like, no. I, and so at this point, I just go, no. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been together? 15 years. Okay, that's a solid amount of time. Right. And the th- the best thing about her, she loves to laugh. She loves to laugh. You can't... Uh, you have to be with someone you laugh with. That mm-hmm. is the most important thing. If you can't laugh with that person, I don't know. No. <laughs> I agree. I think like understanding someone's humor is, you know, right. very important. I think like laughing during sex is a nice fun thing. Oh like, my God. Laughing, Always. Yes. Yeah. Like laughing at mundane shit. Like, I don't know. You drop an egg on the floor. No one like goes to pieces. You laugh right. about it or whatever. Right. Well, yeah, I'm not I, like that. But. <laughs> oh, you don't want to laugh at uh, eggs falling on the floor and making a mess? I'm one of these people that if there's a real life crisis, I'm very functional. But uh, if I can't find my keys, mm. it's like the world has come to an end. God hates me. My life is over. Mm. I'm a Vicky victim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I truly relate to that. I once 
I mean, this is wild. I left my phone on the roof of my car oh my and was God. driving for a very long time. And I had a giant blue case on it and it like bounced off the car, went down the, the road. I was with my friend and I was, she was like, what was that? I said, my phone. She goes, oh my God, Nicole. And I was like, I guess I don't have a phone anymore. And she was like, what? Stop the car. We're going to go get you your fucking phone. Are you kidding? You have a phone. Just go back and get it. So that's what we did. And then how far had you gone? Literally not even a full minute. I was so close to this phone and I gave up. I give up so easily. I go, that's too hard. Can't possibly do it. Wait, so you didn't go back? No, we did. So we pulled over and then I was like, I don't know. And so she was like, it's somewhere. And then she found the case and she was like, that means the phone is somewhere. And then we saw two people scurrying away very quickly. And she was like, they have your phone. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, I don't want to bother them. And she was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so she like so ran. So nice of them to take it out of the case for you. Yeah. Yeah. They were just unwrapping it for me. Right. Letting me know that the phone is a phone. Yeah. So she went and got it for me. But if I was not with Sashir, I would have just not had a phone. Well, what did she say? She was like give give back the phone to my friend and they were like oh we don't know if we have a phone we don't and she was like look in your bags and they looked they looked I in love the bags. is that is just sh- 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 god damn it she's sheer Z- zameda yes she's my i love her best good friend i love her uh will you send I, her my love even though i, I, I have a speech impediment at this point no no her name is pretty hard to say so i sheer. didn't say it so sheer zameda so sheer so zameda yeah uh when i first met her I didn't say her name out loud because I wrote it down in my phone incorrectly. And I would oh. look at my phone and be like, that is not what she said. I don't think that's what she said. Oh so my I just God. like waited for her to introduce herself to people. And then I would repeat it over and over and over again. And then I saw her write it down and I was like, ah, that makes more don't sense. Don't you have to, you have to, I have to see things spelled out. Yeah, I'm like a, I used to think I was a very visual learner, but I'm yeah. an audio visual yeah. repetition learner. Same. Same. You got to tell me shit 1,000 fucking times for me to hear it, understand it. And I have to write it down. Yes. I write everything down. Yeah. I used to have a planner where I wrote everything down, but then I wouldn't look at it. So now I'm like, I guess it just goes in my phone. I'm always on my fucking phone. I, I really am sick of the phone. I think it causes so much anxiety. It's bad. It's not good. Wait, Judy, can I ask you a question? Yes, of course. Do you write jokes about your partner all the time and yeah. do you run them past her excellent question thank you i came up with it off the dome i have a multitude of jokes about my partner and i do say that is going in the act or she'll say mm. don't put that in the act and or i'll just do it and it'll get a laugh and then i'll tell her and this is the funniest part. So the stuff about her is really funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's some of my funniest stuff. And because just being, you know, old lezzies in a relationship <laughs> and and just she's funny, you know. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I'm not kidding, whenever we have a fight. And I have to go to work, which I get in fights with her a lot before work because I'm really stressed out and Mm -hmm. I don't want any. And like people are always like, oh, you only work for like an hour a day. And it's like, no, it's all day long, 24 hours a day. And then the anxiety and focus and prep in your head before it's like, get away from me. Don't talk to Mm -hmm. me. Don't ask me a question. Right. I agree. So whenever we get in a fight, 
before I have to work. She says, you're not allowed to talk about, uh, do not do any jokes about me tonight in my act. In your act, in my act, in your act. And I'm like, mm-hmm. too fucking bad. Too, but that's her thing. You're, I, I, don't, I don't want you doing any jokes about me tonight. And I'm like, too bad. It's funny. And does she go to the shows? And she laughs. She loves it. She'll go to some shows. But you know how like people are like, oh, do you go to all of Judy's shows? She's like, no. Like, it's so funny. Yeah, that funny. would literally be insane. Right? They also, people also say to her all the time, um, oh my God, you must laugh all the time. <laughs> and every time someone says that, we start cracking up. Oh my God. And she's like, oh my God, I can't, I know. It's just so much laughter all the time. I mean- you know how we are. Yeah. We're so in our heads all the yeah. time. Yeah, I feel like every time I go out with someone for the first, second, third time until they like really get to know me, they're like, because sometimes I'll be on. I'll be on on the first date. Da, 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 da. Right. And then the second date, I'll be like, okay, I'm more comfortable with you. I don't feel like I need to perform or like make right. as many jokes or whatever. And then I feel like they get tired of, they're like, oh, this isn't as fun as I thought this was going to be. Oh, I'm not your fucking court jester, asshole. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel. And yeah, yeah, that's a, it's. And then, I mean, people know me a little bit now. So then I feel like there's this like weird expectation when I go right. on dates um, where they're really excited to tell me that their sister loves me or their cousin loves me. But oh, I get grandmother. No I get idea. my grandmother loves you. <laughs> I want to fucking kill myself or my mother's a big fan of yours. I'm like, shut the fuck up. But, you know, I had someone once say to me, you know, I was at a party with Judy Gold and she wasn't like really funny. And I was like, <laughs> I was fucking at a party talking to someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do and you they want? go and tell That's a wild. mutual friend, oh, I was at a party. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. It's like up. they're snitching on you. Right, right. How fucking wild. That's truly wild to be like, Mm, I'm looking at Judy. She's not making that person laugh. I'm right. gonna go tell a mutual friend and see right. what they have yeah. to say. It's, it's I don't you feel like because comics are so like the art form is so personal, right? And people mm-hmm. really believe like you give people the opportunity to see the world through your eyes, right? Mm-hmm. When you're on stage, and then afterwards they think you're their best fucking friend. Yeah, it is a weird. I've been talking about this a lot lately. Like the lines get really blurred, especially with me, because I do talk about like, I'm horny and she wants to fuck. All she wants is a dick right in her mouth. And then people are like, hey, do you want to do a threesome with me and my my uh, weird looking husband? And I'm like, never in my life. No, thank you. Bye. (laughs) And I just. And I, and I don't know how to explain it. It's like, I yes, I would love to be in a relationship. That's a point in my life. I'm right. not kidding about that aspect. Right. The aspect I'm kidding about is the level of desperation and the level of things I'm willing to go through to get it. Right. No, I want that part to be a normal part of my fucking right. life. Right. They don't realize, you know, one of the chapters in my book is, the title is, there's a reason it's called an act. You know, mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> we're not we're we're a this is not the version of us that we go through life as. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and yeah, it's so interesting. And people glom on and they want to tell you all their fucking problems. Mm-hmm. And 
And I remember when I was a little girl, and I love Barbara Streisand, you know, because I'm a Jewish girl from New Jersey. So, <laughs> and I remember reading something when I was like a teenager that she does not like, like after her shows, she disappears. And, you know, she can't, she doesn't want to talk to the audience. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, that's terrible. I, when I'm famous, I'm going to talk to every single person. I don't care how long. <laughs> and then you realize there's so many fucking psychos out there. Yeah, there's a lot of unhinged people and no boundaries. Yeah, a lot lack of boundaries. They want to touch you a lot. Like, I mean, I don't love COVID. I think it's been bad. I mean, right. hot take bad. But I do like that I can say, please don't touch me. And yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. instantly understand. Whereas before I would say, please don't touch me. And people would get really offended. Right. And I'm like, I love that people are learning a little bit about personal space. Nicole, as you know, everything is about them. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Everything's about you. Even when you tell a joke, whatever way they take the joke is the only way. Yes. And you should know that. Not the way we intended the joke to be. The way they perceive the joke to be, mm-hmm. that is the only truth there is. Which is really interesting because like when I watch comedy, uh, not all comedians are funny to me. Not all jokes are for me. But like I don't get mad about it and right. like I, tweet I, about it. Or whatever. Right. But well, then there is a line. I do think there is a line that sometimes people go. But then again, I'm like, that, 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 the crossing of the line might be for someone and everyone's line is different. Right. And also, I feel like, you know... There are comedians that don't make me laugh. There's a lot of comedians, that, but I know where the joke is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's the joke. I don't find it that funny. The audience finds it funny, whatever. And I move on with my life. But, you know, yeah, there is a line and everyone's line is different depending on their life experiences mm-hmm. and who they are. But, you know, George Carlin famously said, you know, it's the comedian's job to find the line, cross it and make you glad they did. And Mm -hmm. that's what a good comedian does. But you know what? This idea that, you know, we don't know where the line is until we get on stage and figure it out first for our bits. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then that's the that's the give and take with stand up is this audience giving us the information. And then you get mad at us. It's like Mm -hmm. we're doing our work. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but I do understand getting mad at some things. I don't, oh, yeah. it's a very, it's a very, like, it's a very, I think it's more nuanced than people understand. Yes, that is a, that I is true. Like nuanced context of, and intent. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of broad strokes and like swinging statements where I'm like, well, no. Right, right. And I'm like, the, like, you know, a comic saying something that was like a little over the line that people got offended about is different than Joe Rogan having a one minute supercut of him saying the N word where his apology was like, I watched that. And even I thought it was bad. I was like, sir, you said it. Right. That's like, that's different than somebody saying something a little off color, which is different than like maybe misgendering someone on purpose in a joke that is different. And I think we were all grouping things that offend us all together as opposed to being like some are worse than others i agree Some just you know sometimes you can just be like hey man don't do that joke again and then sometimes you can make a big deal and be like yeah maybe deplatform this person who keeps saying awful things and misinformation and whatnot i don't know that's the thing like with my book and i and i was writing the book and it made me so crazy that you know most 
every comedian really gets on stage to make people laugh. Like that's our mm-hmm. goal is to get laughter. And, you know, these lawmakers, politicians say they they say lies. They say things that hurt people, that kill people, you know, that uh, offend people, but also like hurt women and hurt people of color and hurt the LGBTQ community and and incite violence and all this shit. And their speech is protected. They get mm-hmm. reelected and reelected. They spread lies. And it's and then a comedian tells a joke you don't like. And you're like, they should never be able to perform again. And I, so I, I talked to the head of the ACLU and he's like, it's all about power. And you realize as a comedian, we don't have a lot of power, but we have a weapon. We have a weapon that, Mm -hmm. that a lot of people can't compete with and are, are really intimidated by. Yeah, I agree. Real quick. We got to take a break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talked to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho. Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. Okay, let's go back to dating. <laughs> did you hate that whole thing? I didn't. Um, I just, 
it's just such a touchy subject. I know. I feel like, you know, sometimes I'll like say my opinion and then people come at me and have their opinion. And I know it's so annoying. It's like you're entitled to your own opinion. You lived your life. And I lived your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not looking for like a back and forth. And I've had a couple of straight male guests where my listeners were a little upset at their antiquated views slash jokes being a little misogynistic. But I was like, look at the age of them. Right, uh, right. I just, I don't know. I just sometimes get a little like, it's exhausting. I'm not sure. Right. <laughs> it is what? exhausting. But it, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I it's a I don't know as a comedian, I it just I sometimes I get like a little like, huh, why didn't that joke work? But then I'm I guess I'm just a little more thoughtful than some people were. Yeah. Some people will just be like, it's funny and like really like barrel through. But I do try to be like, well, why wasn't it funny? Is it because it's not true to me? Or right, I do the same thing. I'm like, what did I do wrong? What's yeah. what, What's missing? Or what? You know what? Yeah, it's like, did I offend somebody? Right, right. And if I did offend them, is it like a true offense? Right. Uh, or is it like offended on behalf of someone else? It's a lot of thinking. That's the worst. The the offended by proxy really yes. gets on my nerves. That, I have to say, what I'm good. Oh, I thought it was funny, but wait a minute. I think I'm not supposed to laugh at it. Yeah, that yeah. thing gets me annoying. It's annoying. All right, we can go back to relationships. <laughs> Okay, what is something... Oh, wait, okay, no. So you have a podcast where you talk about people and, like, what pisses them off. Right. So, like, do you have anything that really pisses you off about dating? Well, I haven't dated in so long, Mm -hmm. but I remember when I was dating. And this is, like, pre... Well, 15 years ago, I met... So, all right, so here's my relationship history. I was with someone... From the age of like 20, 22-ish, 23-ish to 42. And we had, yes. And we had two kids. I had one. She she had one first. uh, And then I had one. We And second parent adoption. Okay. In 2004, we broke up. And I met Elisa, my lover, in 2007. (laughs) Right? Uh Uh-huh. So from those three years... Um, the way I met Elisa was, first of all, I hated dating. I didn't, I hadn't done it in so long. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so like, I think it's so weird to like meet someone and just know that it's, you're like testing them out to see if you can be Mm -hmm. in a relationship instead of just like meeting someone being like, oh, this is a nice, per- nice person. Oh, this is a friend. It's like, it's so much. Isn't there like so much fucking, oh, oh, would I, do I want to sleep with this person? Do I, blah, am I, you know, and it's just too much. So anyway, Time Out New York did this uh, Valentine's Day issue where they had the 20 most eligible singles uh-huh. in New York. And I was one of them picked by the LGBT. I think that was it. I don't think there was Q yet. And I wrote a thing. I had a write of they had a picture. I wrote a little thing. And then they gave me a Gmail account and people would write to me. So then I started, I didn't get a lot of responses, even though Elisa thinks I did. And it was so interesting because I would have these uh, conversations via email. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, this person's really funny. And we'd talk. And then I'd say, oh, can you send a photo? 
And Uh then I would never talk to them again after I got the photo. I mean, there were some who wouldn't tell me their age. And then there was one woman who, um, you know, like when you go in an office building and they take the the, um, photo for your- Your like badge photo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she apparently went down there and said, can you just take a picture of me? And it was just like, you could tell- they were out of their fucking minds. So one, and I, I was it. just talking about this the other night. So one woman, we're meeting at a French restaurant in the neighborhood. And I walk in and she's sitting at the table. Now this is before like all this online banking, right? Like everyone mm-hmm. didn't do the online. So I walk in, she's at a table. She has her checkbook, her utility bills, and a calculator. Uh-huh. And and she's like doing her bills at the fucking table at the and and I'm just telling the story and and Elise is like, "Well, maybe you know, she was just, you know, using, you know, she had some free time." I'm like, "No, I don't want to walk in on someone paying their fucking <laughs> bills in a French restaurant." And then I proceeded to have to sit there and talk to her. And all I was thinking is you're fucking sitting in a French restaurant paying your fucking bills at a table, you know? I mean, honestly, what a turn on. Right. I was bad at paying bills. I'd be like, oh, my God, you can help me. We'll go on <laughs> dates. We'll write some checks. We'll pass a little oh, fucking so post funny. office little guy. It'll be fun. That would truly, I would truly be like so wet by that. Like, you I'm w- here really? for it. Absolutely. I'm bad at like tasks. So someone who's like, oh, I'm going to do this task, have it done. I'm going to walk back to my house. I'm going to mail the envelope. That's a plan. Wow. But I get being like, I get it being a turn off, but I'm just so disorganized that I'd be like, wow, you're going to help me. You're my savior. I love it. Oh, so you would be using that person like, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. I also was in the timeout New York singles edition. No way. I cannot remember. Wait, was I? Or did I answer one? <laughs> Mine was, this was 2007. This is funny that I can't, I don't, maybe I wasn't in it, but I feel like I was wearing a cardigan for the picture. How do I figure yeah, this out? probably. Nicole Byer, time out. That's this so is, funny. This is the content people want. Me trying to figure out if I was a time out New York single. That's hilarious. Maybe I wasn't. Maybe I truly just answered one. Okay, listeners, here's some homework. Figure out if I am misremembering. Figure out if I was actually a Time Out New York single or I only answered it. Well, if you can't find it, that means I only answered it. Anyway, the person I answered was this guy, EJ, Uh whose party I went to and I fell down his stairs and passed out or passed out and fell down his stairs. And it was going well before that. Um, eh, But wait, did you get hurt? Did you get hurt? Mm, yes, I did. Like I, uh, I don't think I dislocated anything, but my ankle swole up to like eight times its size, and I had oh to get God. crutches. It was like really bad, and I couldn't walk for a little bit. Um, and then I lost my contact because I had to sleep there. Oh and I was God. wearing blue contacts at the time, and when I was brown, when I was blue, my like <laughs> hair was sticking up. I like I did not look like a gal you wanted to keep around. But um, I saw him in the Time Out New York, and I was like, I'm gonna like 
it had been years since and I was like, I'm going to message him. So I messaged him. I was like, hey, EJ, I wonder if you like remember me. And he wrote back, always remembered, never forgotten, be well. And I was like, okay, fair, fair. I guess you don't want the girl who fell down your stairs to be fair, the girl that you a date. Little, I get it. You know, I don't know. I don't like that. I would write. See, that would piss me <laughs> off. Like that would be because you were like. Because I feel like it was a polite blow off and I don't like that. Oh, absolutely a polite blow off. I mean, I was so poorly behaved. I don't blame him. You wouldn't feel a pang of like, oh. I I mean, I was like in a dream world. He right. would have responded and been right. like, oh, my God, uh, Nicole, you're this is like this is wild. Like you reaching out. You're a wild gal. Let's let's fuck it. Let's do this. Let's go out. And I I missed out. He was on Jeopardy and thriving. (laughs) He was on Jeopardy. (laughs) Yeah, he did. He was I think he was on like two or three episodes of Jeopardy. So he was really smart. He was very smart. He's very handsome and very smart. And. We, I saw, I think the last time I saw him, I did um, New York Comedy Festival. I guess this was 2019, maybe 2018, 2019, probably. And he was like, Do we have each other's numbers? Maybe we email. I don't know. Uh-huh. But uh, he like messaged me and was like, You're going to be in New York. You're doing the uh, New York Comedy Festival. I was like, Yeah. He was like, Let's go get drinks after. And I was like, Okay. And then we got drinks and it was a delightful time. And I think he was with someone at the time. So oh, love was not going to oh. happen. But you know what? Maybe one of these days I'll be you single. You don't know. And EJ will be single. Also, he like went to like an Ivy League university. No so he's, way. He's like smart, smart. I really fucked up. I like fucked up because like he kind of seemed like he was into me. and Or maybe he wasn't. I don't know. But he did do an episode of the show. I could listen to it. You know, I could get all the answers I need. But uh, oh, my God. How much did he win on Jeopardy? I honestly don't know. I mean, you have to be fucking... Like, that is a really hard show to get on. I know. And that could have been my husband, but I had to get drunk wow. and pee on his floor. I left that part out. I peed on his floor. <laughs> uh, so, like, maybe that could have been, like, the real reason why he was like, I don't he need might- <laughs> Right, yeah. You peed on his floor? Yeah, I got real drunk. It was not good. I thought I was in the bathroom. Guess what? She was not. Um, That's you know, great. Your early 20s are a beautiful time to truly explore things. It's honestly a treat, you know? Uh, Anywho, Judy. (laughs) (laughs) EJ, the Ivy Leaguer. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Judy, did you ever have to be on dating apps at all? No, never. Oh, you're so lucky. That was the only thing. I remember when, you know... I'm of the generation where they would put personal ads in the back of the newspaper. That is so foreign to me because there was no pictures, right? Right. So it would be like straight white male, you know, Ivy Lee, you know, whatever. And they would have looking for and they just it was like small and like, you know, because it was expensive to put the the ad in and people would go and look in. They were called the personal ads. And I thought that was weird. I was like, oh, just meet someone when you go out. You know, like it was so weird the way it's. And you would write a little thing about you and what you're looking for. And 
Yeah. I guess, yeah, the apps are just like an updated personal ad because it's like, it's a picture of me. I'm Nicole. I'm 62 years old and I'm looking for a young man to eat me out. Right. You can't really say that. I think you'd only attract creeps. No. And then when you're doing comedy and if someone said, you know, oh, how'd you guys meet? If you were on stage and you asked someone and they said, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was through a personal ad, they were embarrassed. It was Mm -hmm. like... You know, they'd be like, um, oh, well, personal ad. And that was like a, a mock, you know? And now it, everyone meets on a fucking dating app. Yeah. I honestly don't know how I would, unless I lived in somewhere like New York, I don't know where I would meet somebody in person. People go out in New York. In LA, I feel like everyone goes to sleep very early. Yeah, that's like, true. Really that's true. And they don't want to like talk to anybody. But I did find this new bar. Where Do you the miss bartender, it? His name is Joe. Oh, okay. Do I miss New York so much, but also not at all? Yeah. Okay. Right. Whenever I go back, I'm like, this is harder than I remember. You know what? I This is how I lived in LA in the 90s, and, mm-hmm. and I would go back and forth, you know, but I remember, this is how I realized I loved New York better was when I was, uh, there were two shows on at the time. Uh, LA, there was a, a LA Law or something, some lawyer show that took place in LA. And then there was NYPD Blue. And I remember when I was in New York and the, and the opening to LA Law came on and they were doing all this scenes in LA, I was like, oh, that's nice. But I remember when I was living in L.A. and the opening to NYPD Blue came on, I would get so sad and homesick. <laughs> and that's how I knew. <laughs> that's when you're like, I got to get home. I got to get back to the boys in blue at home. Yeah. But here's the thing. Now that I'm older and New York is getting more and more difficult to live in, mm-hmm. I love being in L.A. There you go. I here's the thing: if you move to LA, you gotta keep that apartment in New York. Oh, I I have to. I mean, you gotta hopes, wishes, and skittles. That's yeah. the payment. Yeah. I regret getting rid of my last apartment in New York because it was on one sixtieth, which is too high up for some people. Good for me because it's still like neighborhoody, but like still the city. Yeah. And um, it was eighteen hundred for a gigantic three bedroom. What? With an elevator. No, you're fucking kidding me. No, I'm not fucking kidding you. It was amazing. Three, how many bathrooms? Two. Oh, wait. No, I'm a liar. One. There was only one bathroom. Still. I was thinking of my apartment in LA, my first one there. No, yeah, my last apartment in New York. Three three bedroom, one bathroom, but the bathroom was like pretty big. The living room was huge. One of the bedrooms was huge. And then the other two were like decent size. And there was like a little entryway. Oh my God, I'm so hallway. jealous. It was so... It was, I love it up there. Uh, I love it up there too. It was 160th yeah. in St. Nicholas and... I had a car for the last month I was in New York and there was always parking up yeah, there. Yeah, there's a lot of parking up Ugh, there. I I really wish I'd kept it because it, it was also rent controlled. So right. like it's been almost 10 years here. I'd probably be paying, you know, basically the same amount. Yeah, because it went, they did a rent freeze and, and then yeah. COVID. Yeah. Oh my God, that Ugh. sucks. I know. I'm very sad about it. Ugh. It was such, it was such a cute apartment. Oh, but now do you live in a house? I do. I do. And that's nice. 
And you have a lot of space. I have a good amount of space. I don't have like a backyard. Like I guess my, I bet my dog is like, I wish there was more grass right. for me, but he's happy. I think. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. But I, you know, here's the thing I can't like, it is hard to meet people there and you're in your car all the fucking time. That's the other thing. Yes. I do spend a lot of time in my car. And that's the part I can't, like, I just, I just had a million errands. I rode my bike. Ooh, see, that's nice. I just bought a bike. Okay. I bought a bike with a fucking little motor in it. Come oh, through. you got the electric bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I did. It's a little heavier than you would ever think a bike could yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. But she fucking zip, zip, zip. She goes pretty fucking fast. Yeah, they go fast. And you just pedal a little harder and it goes. Is that how yeah. you do it? Yeah. So you can turn it off and you can pedal it like a normal bike, but it's right. heavier than a normal bike. So right. it's hard. Right. So then I will pedal like a normal bike turn it on a little bit. And then like when I get tired, zip, 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 zip. And it's nice and it's cute and it's purple. And there's a little basket for my dog. Oh my God. I love it. And do you wear a helmet? (laughs) Sure don't. Okay. No, I should wear a helmet. I wear a helmet all the time. I just feel like a nerd. Okay. But do you want a traumatic brain injury? Now I'm going to be your Jewish mother. Look, you have to wear a helmet and it's not even about you. It's about the other people in their fucking cars. Okay. Please. Okay, I'll get a cool purple helmet. I have a Loomis helmet. A Loomis? Okay, and it has, it lights up and you can do all these patterns on it. And it has uh, turn signals. So like when you're going right, it lights like an arrow going right. And you can do like big hearts coming out and it lights up. It's so great. It's really safe. Did you look it up? I am looking it up. They say it's the world's smartest helmet. Yep. Okay. And there's like a USB cord that goes. This is pretty fucking high tech. It's a great helmet. Oh, what a dream. This is nice. See? And they have cool colors. I'm going to get a Loomis helmet. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. If anybody works at Loomis... And they want to send me, I don't want to, I don't like paying for anything. If they want to send me a purple helmet, do they have purple? Wait, I'm the one promoting Loomis. I want a new one. I want a new Loomis helmet. Send me and Judy new Loomis helmets, please. Aren't they great? I think they look like fun. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to actually get one. Okay. Hi, Loomis. I love you. Real quick. We have to take another break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back 
Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N U U L Y.com. Newly with two U's. With code DATEME20, newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. Judy, I have another question. Do you talk about your kids in your act? Oh, okay. That's funny. Uh, Yeah, I do. I did more when they were little. And then Henry, my older son, who all he would do was watch Law and Order, right? <laughs> he was addicted to SVU. SVU. Oh yeah. Special Victims Unit, Law and Order. And so I, you know, I would talk about him in my act. And he was just like my ex. He was like, I don't want you talking about me in my act, okay? I don't. So one night in performing, I, I work in Provincetown, Massachusetts during mm-hmm. the summer. I have like a residency there. Anyway, so um, I'm doing uh, a show and I was talking about Henry and Henry's like, I don't want you talking about. It. I said, OK, so why don't I change your name? And mm-hmm. I, he I, I, he said, OK. And I said, what name do you want me to call you? And he said, Jerome. Jerome. And I'm like, Jerome. OK, so I'm thinking, oh, he probably heard that on Law and Order name of a rapist or something okay (laughs) okay (laughs) now so that night i get on stage and i'm like oh my god my son henry i can't call him henry anymore i have to call him jerome and i'm telling the whole story to the audience blah 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 so henry when he was little he used to meet me after the show we'd go get ice cream afterwards so henry meets (sighs) me after the show cute and we're walking down the street in provincetown and everyone who i told them not to say anything we're in the audience and they're like, oh, is that Jerome? And I was, and he was like, I'm not talking to you. I'm getting a cease and desist. He told me he was getting a cease and desist. He's like 10 years old. Yeah. So he hated it. Ben, my other son, doesn't hate it. He he thinks it's kind of funny. But yeah, he, now he, Henry, the older one, produces shows and, and works, you know, in, in the comedy and he, I think he appreciates it more now, but mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? And he, yeah, 
He likes, I think he likes it. But yeah, I guess when you're a kid, it's like, don't talk. Yeah, he was really. God, that's so funny for you to tell an audience, like, if you see him, don't say anything. Yeah, and the first thing, and immediately hide your like, Hello. Yeah, audiences can't be trusted with anything. Anything, no. Anything. Unless they're like a very small crowd. Sometimes I'll tell very small crowds, I'll be like, okay, here's a little secret. Don't tell nobody. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> and you trust them. That's the thing. Like, you trust yeah. them. Yeah. Did you, when did you start? You started doing stand up in college? So I was 19 and I, uh, it, I was dared, someone dared me to do my secret Santa dared me to do it. So oh. that was the first time I did it. And then I, I, th- they had this thing called campus comedy where mm-hmm. these comedians, professional comedians would come to the, you know, the campus. And it was, um, they were from catch rising star in New York, which was the club in the seventies and eighties and mm-hmm. up until it closed in the nineties. and. Uh, I won a spot on that show. I guess um, they had a talent show that I won or something. And I won a spot on this professional comedian show where I was doing like five minutes. And it was uh, Adrian Tolsh, God rest rest in peace, who was the MC at Catch a Rising Star. She did all the new uh, open mic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Larry Amaros and Bill Sheft, who was the head writer of Letterman and Larry has written for everyone. Joan, um, you know, Barry, he writes all Barry Manilow's crap in between his mm-hmm. songs and everything. Anyway. So I did the five minutes on this show and they told me I was really funny. And that, that is when another comedian, like when a professional yeah. comedian says, and I still see Bill and he's like, I just remember that 19 year old face. And I started going and Adrian's like, come to Catch Rising Star and, you know, hang out because we used to hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I'll put you up and I would go in on Monday nights to the city, you know, and stand in the back and hope to go on. I never got picked. But um, <sighs> when I finally passed there, because there was no cell phones and people would be going from set. You know how it is in the city. You're like mm-hmm. running from set to set. And there were no cell phones. And people would be caught on the subway or stuck in traffic. And so Catch a Rising Star hired two people to sit at the bar during the the um, the weekend shows in case someone was delayed or didn't show up because of traffic or a broken subway or whatever. Um, and we were called the backups. And we got spot pay. But we had to mm-hmm. sit there the whole show. And it was me and Chris Rock. <laughs> How wild. That is, that's fun. That's such a fun fucking story. Also, very, it was smart. Smart to just like, yeah, if they don't fucking show up, here's two people you can see. And and the thing was that it was like graduate school because I really, I watched so many comedians work, you know, because we had to hang out. Otherwise you wouldn't get mm-hmm. on stage. And the show would go from like, you know, 8.30 till like three in the morning, they would have, you know, this was the eighties when people were, you know, out all night mm-hmm. and the audience would turn over several times, you know, like you, the people that went there at eight or nine were gone by like 1130. Um, mm-hmm. and they would have a late night MC and, um, I would do that sometimes, but yeah, it was a lot of watching. You had to really put in your time 
and hang out and show that you really wanted to work there. And in turn, I watched the greatest comedians work, you know, Mm -hmm. and develop their material. So it was really, and you had to be good. You didn't, you couldn't like your audition. You had an audition, right? Mm -hmm. It was, and you got on stage and and that was your only shot. You didn't, there was no videotaping. There was no filming. There was no, you know, second, there were no second chances. And so you really had to be prepared. Anxiety inducing. It's so anxiety. And even being on the road without a computer or a cell phone and like, it's so isolating and horrible. Oh my God. I couldn't even imagine being on the road without my phone or my computer because I'm already lonely. Yeah. It's, I remember I'd be gone for two weeks and you couldn't use the hotel, um, the phone in the hotel because it costs so much money. You know, it was long, Uh you got to pay for long distance. Um, I brought one suitcase that was a junk drawer, just of shit, like books. I brought Mm -hmm. my clarinet. Like I would bring so much stuff. (laughs) I would bring so much stuff because you were, it was so isolating. Like you couldn't do this. Like I couldn't call anyone. I, oof. Yeah. That sounds wild. Did you ever have any, did you ever have any, um, chuckle fuckers while you were on the road? No. No. I mean, I had people, here's, here's, here's the thing about me. I was in a relationship. I never cheat. And this is what I say. And everyone says this all the time. Like someone could be literally eating me out (laughs) and I'd be like, do you think they're attracted to me? Like I have no clue. (laughs) I feel the same way sometimes. Yeah. Elise is like, don't you see that person? I'm like, no. And all my friends are like, you have no idea. When someone is into, like, I'm just in my head so much. Like, I don't even, I don't know. I uh, I went out to my new favorite bar. Uh, I won't tell you where it is because I don't want these listeners to go. <laughs> but uh, the bartender, his name is Joe. He's really wonderful. He's, I love him. But uh, I, we were there. It was me and Sashir because she's my only friend. And this man, Tommy, was, like, talking to us. And he, like, kept talking to me. I was like, oh, my God, what is fucking going on? And then later, so she was like, he was hitting on you. I was <laughs> I like, do- what? I know. She was I'm- like. <laughs> I am the I- same exact way. <laughs> she was like, he wouldn't speak to me. He only wanted to talk to you. He was hitting on you. And I was like, oh, oh. I am so dumb. I know. And, you know, Elisa gets really jealous, like, Someone will post a picture with me and then she'll call me up and go, who's, you know, Meredith Johnson? And I'm like, I don't know. Well, she knows you and she took a picture with you. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't remember. (laughs) What do you so you've been in two pretty long relationships. I know. I'm jealous. What is the key compromise well first of all i feel like there's a lot of compromise but you have to first of all elisa and i've been together 15 years and we don't live together whoa okay we own the house together at the cape but we each have our own apartment that we can go i mean we spend a lot of time together but you know there are nights where i need to be by myself she needs to be by herself and oh i have these so I did this play years ago and there was a guy, this understudy who is so fucking talented. Anyway, he and his boyfriend at the time were together for 37 years mm-hmm. and married. 
he lived in apartment 5A and his husband lived in apartment 6A. Mm-hmm. They would spend, you know, they'd have all the meals together. They'd hang out and then they'd be like, good night. And they'd oh. each go back to their own apartment. Like one would go downstairs or the other one would go upstairs. Uh-huh. And happiest couple ever. Yeah. Maybe there's something to it where like you don't always have to live with your partner. I think. And now with the um, real estate, people are saying that that married couples are having separate bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Like I you got to have space. You have to have your. the thing is. All right. This is the key. Same values. You have to have the same values. And mm-hmm. sometimes those values change with the other person and you have to realize they're not the same person. Okay. Values. I think you have to be able to compromise. You have to have a good sense of yourself. Every You each have to have your own life and you have to have your together life. Mm-hmm. But you have to let the other person have their own life. Yeah. I do think there's something to it where it's like you can't do everything together, together because right? you'll lose your mind. Right. And it's like when, and being a comic, like when you go away and then you come back together and you're excited to see the person, like there's Mm -hmm. something, there's something said to be said for that. Like these people that are together all the fucking time and then they work together. Like, I don't understand that. (laughs) I mean, I don't get it either. I spend an incredible, I mean, Sashir and I are not in a romantic relationship, but we spend a lot of time together and then perform together but then truly live separately. Right. And there was a time where we were like, should we be roommates? And Amelia were like, no, we couldn't. Right. All the things that annoy us about each other would really be exasperated. Right. Maybe and you want to save your friendship. This. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, she like lives 15 minutes away from me. And it's nice to be like 15 minutes till I see my friend right. is going to be nice. I can't wait. Right. You know? And uh, yeah, I do think there is something to... You know, leaving a little bit of air and a little bit of space in the relationship. That's right. You need to, like, have that. And you need to have your own hobbies and interests. Like, this merging together thing, uh, it's, I don't know. <laughs> this merging together thing. I don't, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah, I don't think I could either. I like spending time with somebody, but also... You know, time apart, I think, is just really so valuable. Good. And healthy. And also yeah. therapy. Do you go to therapy? Ooh. Okay, so I just started with a new therapist um, because I was with my other one for a very long time. And I do think it's healthy to, like, after a while, it's like, okay. Right, you're, uh, like, done with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's time to move on. We did a lot together, and it was really nice. Um, but, yeah, I'm working with a new one, and it's just interesting because she's a very different woman, and she already has like a very different view on some of the things I've said that I'm like, Oh, why didn't I think of it this way? And then, you know, she's bringing up some trauma stuff that she's like, maybe you're reacting because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, bitch. Wow. Didn't think of it that way. Okay. So yeah, she's in therapy. And I think if I were to get in a relationship, I would do couples therapy as well. Couples therapy is so important. Yeah. I think. I think people wait till they have problems, but I'm like, no, if you have a fight, there's like, it's not like your dog knows, you know, what's actually going on and can help you work through it. It's right. Like, have a human being be like, oh, this is, I mean, this is my interpretation of it. And you could be right. like, yes, that's what I meant. Or that, no, that's not what I meant or whatever. I think it's good. And it's also like when you, the thing is you have the same fights over and over again. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when you're with someone for a long time. Like, Elisa and I had a big fight last night. And then this morning, I was like, you know, I can't. And it's dramatic. Like, that's the other thing about being a lesbian. It's like the con- and being with a therapist. It's like the talking things over and the processing. And I'm just like, can we just move on? Like, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And when it's the same fight over and over again, I, it's like, Elisa, I could write the script out for you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, that's, I don't know. I just think communication is the key. I also think communication is the key. But then I worry, I'm like, I'd spend a lot of time talking if I get into a relationship. You want someone who can listen. You want someone who can listen. Well, no, sometimes I talk a lot for my job. And then sometimes I just need it quiet. That's the same way I am. And she's like, why aren't you talking to me? I'm like, we don't have to have an interaction. We're on the (laughs) sofa. I do love this different apartment thing. Does she live far away or is it like a walk? She lives in Harlem. She lives... uh, no, it's not a walk. I can either ride my bike or take the subway. Oh, okay. Um, and I love her apartment way better Ooh. than mine. Yeah, it's fun to go to each other's. It's just the schlepping back and forth of all yeah. the shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. When did you guys make the choice to not move in together? Well, I wanted to. And then, she, all right. Then first she was like, you have to get rid of your storage unit. Because I had a storage unit. First of all, mm-hmm. you know, and I have two kids. So I had to wait till the, I wasn't moving with the two kids. I wanted them to have like a place to call home that they had always lived in. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So that's number one. Then they grew up and she's like, you have to get rid of your storage unit. It's mental that you have a storage unit. Like, <laughs> why do you have a storage unit? And I was like, oh my God, fine. I'll get rid of the fucking storage unit. So I got rid of the storage unit And then it was like, okay, now you need to do. And I'm like, you know what? We'll do it when we do it. Mm -hmm. Like I used to want to do it. And now I kind of, we have our house together. And I mean, and like, sometimes I really want to see her, but I just don't feel like getting up from the fucking couch. So it's like, all right, I'm going to sleep (laughs) in a couple hours anyway. That's funny. I mean, I may, I maybe distance makes the heart grow fonder. And 15 years is a fucking solid amount of time. Right. Um, we do have to wrap this up, but I no, do have another I question. No, I want to talk to you forever. Go. Judy, I know. No, I'm, I'm, I very much enjoy our conversation, but Thank you. I have another guest book that I got to record with. Um, so you worked on the Rosie O'Donnell show. Yes. Who, who is Cutie Patootie? Is that her thing? Or did yes. the writer write Cutie Patootie? No, she used to say that all the time. That was hers. Koosh Balls. Was that a branding thing? <laughs> no, that was her. <laughs> Well, she found this shit and would get obsessed with it. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she found there was a koosh ball, and then she was like, she's like a kid, and then she would be like throwing the koosh balls at the yeah, no, that yes, next. Okay, those were my those are my two big questions. I used to watch the Rosie O'Donnell show uh, when I was quote unquote sick <laughs> and had to stay home from school. <laughs> you know, I think about that show. I it was such a fun great time of my life. And the thing about it was, I remember thinking, I mean, this is 96, 97, 98, when I worked there, 99. And I was, I remember thinking, if, if the audience knew how gay this show, how everyone on the show is so gay (laughs) and how home, and you know, because you couldn't be, I mean, it was really hard to be out then. And, you know, John McDee, gay. 
the, you know, mm-hmm. Rosie gay, everyone gay, gay, gay. It was like, <laughs> you know, and it was just so much fun and it was so gay. And these people are falling in love with this woman who they don't know is a lesbian, and the band leader is, is gay. You know, it was just, I don't know. That was the thing. I just wished everyone knew. Oh, you mm-hmm. love this show. It's put on by a bunch of homos. It's yeah. put on a bunch of gay people, yep. and gay people aren't as scary as you think e- they exactly. are. They're exactly. They're nice and friendly. It yeah. is wild that, like, it, was it when Ellen came out, her show got canceled? Yeah, 97. Which is really, like, <laughs> insane. I know. It's like, wait, what? what? We can't, she can't be on TV because she's gay? Yeah. It's not like she's going to do something terrible on, on TV. Like, what? It's just crazy. So and now they're trying wild. to go back to that. Don't say gay. Let me tell you something. No one said gay when I was growing up, and I'm still gay. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I I just yeah. I don't think. I don't know. We didn't talk a lot about gayness in school, but there was still like gay people by right. Like, and it's like yeah. yeah. And no one it's, chooses it's to be gay. Happen. No one chooses to make their life more difficult. Yeah, it's like I've had this conversation before on the podcast, but it's like nobody says explicitly straight, 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 straight. Right, but right. it's like you just see it a lot in entertainment. It's that shoved down people's throats. So it's like, uh, right. That's the eh, whatever. Judy. OK, I have a question. We've come to the end. I ask all my guests this. I stopped doing it for a hot second, but she's back into it. Judy, would you date me? Oh, yeah, <gasps> totally. I think we would have so much fun. I think so too. I would love it. We could both wear helmets on our bikes. <laughs> we could wear our luminous helmets. Luminous, luminous. Yeah. Send us luminous. some helmets. I don't know. What oh, the hell oops. Got to say it correctly. Lumos. Lumos helmets. Lumos helmets. <laughs> yes, I would totally, totally. I love to hear that. Sometimes people say no, and I think about it for a very long time. Judy, no. do you have anything you want to promote? Oh, I didn't. Well, my book. Yes, I can say that when they yes. come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. Yay! My podcast, Kill Me Now, and I, um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Judy Gold J E W D Y G O L D because I'm a Jew. <laughs> And you gotta let them bitches know. Yeah. And then tonight at the uh, Elysian Theater, tomorrow night at the Greek Theater. And then I have a whole bunch of dates coming up and I don't know what they are because I'm not looking at my calendar. I love it. I'm not looking at my calendar. So that means you could Google and find out later. Yeah, and I'm doing a show with Jessica Curson in in North in wait, where is it? Norwalk, Connecticut on June 2nd. I've never been to Norwalk, Connecticut, but God bless. God bless it, baby. <laughs> at the Wall Street Theater. Yeah. <laughs> If you uh, like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like, you can rate, you can subscribe. If you want to write me something nasty hitting on me, a nasty little ditty, you can email why won't you date me podcast at gmail.com and I will read it. This lovely person said, Nicole, I would take you to Sonic 3 whenever it comes out and we could be like Sonic and Tails, but like not only the friendship part, but also like the weird hardcore porn version that I accidentally found on Google <laughs> Images. <laughs> but also we could do coke, so maybe uh, we could be fast like Sonic, and then we bang and giggle until the sun comes up. And every time we orgasm, a bunch of rings pop out like when Sonic gets hurt, but it's good hurt. <laughs> 
okay, I'm in Ohio. It's kind of far. If Sonic 3 happens, I'll take you if you want to go. I'll I'll still I'll take you if you want to see it. <laughs> you got a lot of people who want to be with you. I know, but most of them are in relationships and will like end it at the bottom and be like, although I am uh, in a relationship, but uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Well, that's it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by... Oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> this has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. March into spring with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered 500 megabits internet for $39.99 per month, plus a $100 gift card and price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with a free modem, free installation, and free Wi-Fi your way home. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and manage user access for all connected devices with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires May 6, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com.